0: I'm your host, Adam Collins, and in this episode, I'm going to look at a trilogy of roll-and-write games that you have to get so that you can quit playing Yahtzee. I have nothing against Yahtzee. I've been playing Yahtzee with my parents over video conferencing long before the COVID pandemic started. What inevitably happened, though, each game was that the son would be interested for the first two, three, maybe four turns. Then, during the downtime between his turn and his time to roll again, just became chaotic. He'd run around the house and it was hard to get him back focused on the game. This led me to find another game to play with his grandparents. We played some roll for it, but still, there was downtime when it wasn't your turn. Now, the son and I watch a lot of board game channels on YouTube, and a host mentioned a third game coming out in a trilogy. This sparked another memory of a different episode of a different channel talking about games you might like if you like Yahtzee. Turns out, both hosts were talking about the same trilogy. A trilogy unofficially called the Clever Trilogy. Designer Wolfgang Varsch was nominated for the Connoisseur Game of the Year for the first game in the trilogy, Gonshang Clever, or That's Pretty Clever. He did not win, however. He lost, well, he lost to himself for the Quacks of Quedlinburg. Anyway, I do what I do best, and I went out and bought the game and the second game of the series, Do So Clever, or Twice As Clever, immediately. What really intrigued me was the idea that on your turn, you roll and score like Yahtzee, but everyone else is invested in your turn too. You get to score three dice, and the three that you don't use, your opponents get to choose one to score. This keeps everyone engaged all the time. The third game in the trilogy, Clever Hulk Dry, or Clever Cubed, is not yet available in the United States to buy, but you can buy the app on your smartphone. That's Pretty Clever currently holds a 7.6 rating with 14,000 reviews, and it ranks 16th overall in Family Games. Twice as Clever has a 7.5 rating and ranks 54th. That is a tight rating system to have a difference of 0.1 and be almost 40 spots apart. All three are published by Schmidt Spiel in Europe, and the first two, and I would assume the third, are published by Stronghold Games here in the United States. Rule Clarity The rule book is a bit misleading. It is 8 pages, but they are small pages and they are full of pictures that help to clarify the rules. Each game takes the idea of rolling and scoring dice in a similar way. Each game has different ways of scoring the dice, and each game has slightly different colors of dice. The rules are very straightforward and clear, you just have to make sure that you read all of them. Once you understand one of the games in the trilogy, the other two become easier to decipher. I would recommend watching Meeple University's video on That's Pretty Clever, they do a very good job of explaining the rules of the game. Time to explain to newcomers. This is where this short game trips up a little bit. Each colored die scores a different way in every version of the game. So, my advice here is work your way around the score sheet saving blue for the last colored die. Why? Because it seems to be a sticking point that in all three games it scores with the white die added to it no matter where either dice lies. This seems to be a hard concept as well because the white die is wild and it can be played as any color, even one you already scored. The other dice seem to be pretty clear and that's pretty clever. Twice as clever, well the gray die is a little bit harder to explain. Once I get around to teaching Clever Cubed, the teal die will be even harder. Gameplay. So where's the strategy here? I roll the dice, choose one to score, roll again, and again. Well, not exactly. First, make sure everyone has a score sheet. I know you're gonna get sick of hearing me say this, but just laminate a set. Now that everyone has a score sheet, the first round can begin. Everyone gets a free reroll at the start of round one. To illustrate this, mark off the circular symbol under the one at the top of the page and circle the first ring to the right of the matching symbol. The first player will roll all six dice and here is where the strategy begins. The first player is the active player and decides which die to score and places that die in the top left square and marks off the associated space on their sheet. But any dice of lower value are lost to the silver platter which is cleverly printed as part of the box insert. The active player repeats this process up to two more times playing a total of at most three dice. It is possible to only score two or even one die if you need to score that die so badly you're willing to lose all the rest of your dice. The remaining three or more dice are now available to the passive players and the passive players are everyone else. So as the active player you have to choose which die is best for you loses you the least amount of dice or dice you can do without this round, and hopefully you do not leave anything too great for your opponents to choose from. As the passive player, you get to select any of the dice from the silver platter and score it as if you rolled it. It is not first come first serve, so every passive player can choose to score the same dice. If you cannot use any of the dice from the silver platter, and this does happen, Brad... You can then select from any dice on the active player's card. Once everyone has done this, check for anyone to use a plus one that has one and they want to use it. This is a bonus that can be unlocked or achieved during gameplay. This allows the owner of the plus one to cross it off their track at the top and then use any of the six dice they want to as if they rolled it. This could even be done by the active player. A player can use multiple plus ones on a single turn as long as the one rule is not violated which states... You cannot use a plus one on the same die twice. This is where even more and in my opinion the real strategy lies. When placing the dice on your turn or using the silver platter you must be on the lookout for chain reactions. For instance you might be able to take the green four off the silver platter unlocking the plus one. Then use that plus one to use the blue five off the card to score the eleven in the blue section unlocking the purple six that gives you a free mark in the yellow section that you can then use to finish off the second row in the yellow section for the orange four. Whew! All that because you took that green four. Each player plays each round. At the start of the next round, for the first four rounds, a new bonus is unlocked for everyone. This bonus is immediate in every version other than the base game. There is even a bonus for unlocking all the rerolls, plus ones, return dies, etc. bonuses in the top. The game ends once the last person places their last die, and then all the passive players place their last die. And then, of course, all the final attempts at long chains and point grabs and all the plus ones have been used up has happened. Then, each game scores slightly different, but the key to know is that each color scores its own points. But there are six scoring boxes and only five scoring sections, you ask. Well, during the game, you can unlock red foxes. I prefer to call them wolves. I mean, the designer's name is Wolfgang. But anyway, to score the red foxes, You add up how many you have and multiply it by the lowest single box score you have. But beware, if you do not score any points in a color, and that is highly possible in the yellow section, zero times anything is of course zero. Also, if you neglect a color, then you can unlock three foxes and work so hard to do so, but they're only going to be worth six measly points each for a total of 18 points. The highest score wins the game, and in case of a tie, it is the player with the highest individual box score that wins the game. Replayability. Obviously, this game has high replayability. Yes, there are dice and a high amount of luck. One game, my buddies and I could only roll a green one, so we were forced to keep using our white die in the green section in order to advance on that track. It is the strategy and decisions that you must employ that make every game different. Artwork. This is an abstract game so the artwork is minimal to non-existent. The graphic design is way more important to these games. But with the different colored dice and the different colored sections, at least the score pads are pretty to look at. Component quality. Like I mentioned, the design of the silver platter in the insert of the box is hilarious. The insert is a nice thick chipboard and should hold up for a long while. The six dice are all wooden. The only complaint I have here is that the gray die from Twice as Clever does not show up very well in video conferencing. The score pads are typical. The game comes with six little felt tip markers, which is nice, so you don't have to run around looking for pens, but I've laminated my score pads and just used dry erase markers. Bang for the buck. These games retail for $20. I haven't seen them anywhere outside of a game shop, but I can tell you through Clever, get it, Google searching online, you can find them for about 15 bucks. Obviously, these are well worth the money. I love them. They have offered me hundreds of games of fun, if you include all the times i played on the app. I have played the physical copies over 40 times in just a few months that I've had them. My friends are in Minnesota, just outside of Minneapolis, and Illinois, just outside of Chicago. We play them, along with other Roll and Write games, almost daily. We have amassed a great collection of games that we can play via video conferencing, but the Clever Trilogy remains at the top. Lunchtime Potential While I have not been able to take this into the office for lunch, I have played this many times over lunch with my friends that I just mentioned in the Midwest. I have also introduced it to co-workers when we used to meet masked up in the park in the evening for a quick game before the sun went down. The game takes about 30-40 to minutes, so there is no threat of stretching past the lunch hour. Other There are apps for your smartphones for these games. If you love these games as much as I do, you will want these apps. They will help you to get better and teach you to see chain reactions. Plus, as of February 2021, it is the only way to play the new Clever Cubed. Expansions. Okay, so these aren't really expansions, but that's pretty clever and twice as clever have what is called the Challenge Board. They are different scoring sheets that use the same dice, the same scoring ideas, But change them just slightly. For instance, in the original game that's pretty clever, the purple section requires you to continually score a larger number or reset at 6. For the challenge board, you have to score smaller and still reset at 6. For the green section, the numbers that you must score equal to or higher are now out of numerical sequence, but you get bonuses faster because the higher numbers are coming at you earlier. While I've yet to find these score pads for sale in the US, they are posted on BoardGameGeek. In summary, what started off as a way to keep my son engaged for a game of Yahtzee has really grown into a new obsession for not just me, but for my friends and coworkers alike. I bought this game for my sister for her birthday, and we play it over the internet together. She's even joined in a couple times with my friends. These games are amazingly accessible to people that like Yahtzee. Like I said, I got my parents to play the game. My co-worker bought a bunch of sets to give out at Christmas, she gave one to her niece so they can play together over the internet. For the times we are currently in, Wolfgang Varsch has given us a way to still play games together and one that does not require a lot of computer savvy. At the end of each game, if you didn't win, you just want to erase your board and try again. If you did win, you want to play again and try to score higher. That's the feeling that these games elicit, the feeling of wanting to play them again and again. You can reach out to me on Facebook at facebook.com slash eatlunchandboardgame. And as always, feel free to email me at game at gmail.com. And just remember, keep building those bridges. in tune with all things sports around indiana and the nation with the crash course podcast each week we tackle the big storylines from the world of the colts pacers and the indiana college scene while also keeping a pulse on the nation we record live weekly at twitch.tv 3c media and can be found on youtube apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever podcasts can be heard you can catch the crash course podcast Average Joe's Gaming is a weekly podcast brought to you by us. I'm Joe. I'm Tom. We talk about all things game-related. In this hour-long podcast, you'll discover what has arrived in the game room. Which Funko Pop, Tom just could not resist. And maybe, if you're lucky, we might get around to talking about games. Might. Tune in weekly. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast formats. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.